The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up a mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. The people of western cities, cities like New York, Paris, London, they would burn their lips if they even uttered the word death. So writes the Mexican poet Octavia Paz. The Mexican, on the other hand, frequents it, mocks it, caresses it, sleeps with it, entertains it. It is one of his favorite playthings, his most enduring love. I must admit that I didn't know what to do, what to make of a banner that held that was held in front of St. Edith's Catholic Church in Edgewater, near where I live. The sign announced that the relics of St. Padre Pio would be on display. The relics. Now the Sun-Times added that the relics, a lock of hair, some cotton gauze stained with Padre Pio's blood, among, among other things, were expected to draw Thousands. How do we remain connected to the dead, to the saints, to the faithful departed? Now, in the Bible, the word saints first referred to all the people of God. The early Christians began to honor the memory of the martyrs, and Roman catacombs show banqueting scenes suggesting that they dined with the dead. Soon they gathered the bones as well, a way to stay physically close to these holy people. Maybe it's not that different than some of us keeping the ashes of our departed loved ones in our home. Eventually, altars and churches were built over the relics, the remains of a dearly beloved saint. And of course, in the Eucharist, the people of God communed, dined with those who had gone before them. 
A year ago in November, I visited the Mexican-American Museum in Pilsen to see the Day of the Dead exhibits, which I highly recommend. There you see wonderful, elaborate, creative, and personal altars that honor the dead. And we know that in some places, food is put out in cemeteries on this day. This time of year, and with the mood of this very morning, falls between the fall equinox and the winter solstice. It's considered a thin place, a place where the veil between heaven and earth is porous, and God leaks through with greater abundance, as one writer puts it. One Holy Trinity member told me that she would be attending a double night festival with her Chinese-American husband and relatives a week ago. The festival also involves visiting the graves of the ancestors and sometimes putting out food as well. So on All Saints, we remember our beloved dead. We write their names in the Book of Remembrance at the back of the church, which you're invited to do after you commune or following the service. We light candles, and you're invited to do that as well. Some of you have brought photographs to place on that altar. Yet you'll notice that there are icons on the tables as well, reminding us that we are all connected in the mystical body of Christ, that the presence of God dwells not only in the well-known saints remembered as examples of holiness, models of the Beatitudes, but we also honor those forgotten or that only we hold in our hearts. And as we share food and drink around a table, we remember them with reverence and affection. In our technological age, it's amazing to notice how our connections with the dead continue there. Facebook has more than 40 million deceased users that are still active. People post memories there and emoji hearts. As a Jewish litany puts it, as a Jewish litany for the dead puts it, so long as we live, they too shall live for they are now a part of us. Even though death and many of its accompanying thoughts makes us uneasy, humans have always imagined the hereafter. It doesn't appear what we shall be, but we shall be like God, we heard in 1 John. Or Revelation gives us that image of a great multitude from every tribe and language and people clothed in white, palm branches in their hand, and praise on their lips. So, just in time for Halloween, just in time for Day of the Dead, just in time for All Saints, just in time for the thin places of these days, I have a new hero, Caitlin Dowdy. She was interviewed on NPR and CBS Sunday morning a week ago. She has a video series on YouTube called Ask a Mortician. 
There are episodes, for example, that consider how long it takes for a corpse to decompose or mummify. And this past week, I read her new book, From Here to Eternity, Traveling the World to Find a Good Death. Not only is Caitlin wickedly funny, she's also profound. And she is serving an important purpose. Though we live in a society that sanitizes death, she holds and creates a space so that people can grieve openly and honestly. Dowdy researches green burial and body composting. She writes about a cemetery in Japan in which the mourners take chopsticks to pluck their bones of their deceased loved ones from the cremation ashes. Or she tells of a man in rural Indonesia who cleans and dresses his grandfather's mummified body that's been in the house for two years. Now, like my reaction to relics, many of these things seem so strange to us, make us uncomfortable, yet Caitlin invites us to remain open to the customs of other cultures. For ultimately, what she has learned is this. What she has learned about grief is this, that our impersonal, our expensive funeral processes foster our corrosive fear of death and actually inhibit our ability to cope and mourn. She has discovered that mourners do the best everywhere when they care for the deceased and when they participate in rituals. Reminds me of a young pastoral colleague of mine who has created a rite for washing the body of the deceased, a loved one, returning to a practice from years ago. It is in the hope of the resurrection. It is in thanksgiving for the saints. It is in reverence for the earth and the cycle of nature that God holds space for us to be with all that it means to be human, which includes dying and the grief in our hearts and the tears on our faces. For as we will soon sing, all of us go down to the dust, but even at the grave we make our song. For today we dine with those who have gone before us. This is the feast of victory for our God.